Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. Our theme for this week has been the passing of death. Our big questions have been, is there life post-death? Can a soul die? How did Christ yesterday relate to death? That was yesterday's question. And today we ask, how do I prepare for death? Len's our co-host today. You may have heard Len on Faith FM presenting Give Me the Bible. It's a wonderful show. Welcome, Len. Thank you very much, and hello, listeners. It's wonderful to have you with us today. Oh, that's very nice for you to say that. Uh, tell me, Len, how's your week been? Um, I know I've been very, very, very busy this week. Hardly had time to scratch myself. So uh, you've been obviously fully engaged. Yes, engaged and married, I think. And married as well. <laughs> what are you doing this weekend? It's a long weekend. Uh, well... I have an embroidery business and I have quite a pile of embroidery to finish and I'll probably use that. If the weather's nice, I might go out for a ride on my motorcycle. Ah, uh, you ride through the Adelaide Hills? Oh, yes. Good place to ride. What's your favourite ride? Uh, starting at the city, I like longer rides than many, mm-hmm. but I would say one of my best rides is down to Cape Jervis, across to Victor Harbour, and then back through uh, through the hills. That's that's a really beautiful ride, particularly that ride. I love driving driving through the through the hills. I think it's we are so blessed in Adelaide. You know, it's a long weekend. If people don't get out into the hills this weekend, they're really going to miss something. Well, they might go to the beach and get something else. That could be true, but it takes a lot to meet that to beat the uh, the hills. Not very good for swimming at the moment. No, that's true. That's true. It's a little bit chilly out there, isn't it? Kind of. Kind of, indeed, indeed. In addition to Len, I've had opportunity to share today with David DeLima. Uh, David is the State Director of Family Voice Australia. This was a, a really fantastic interview. I was able to share with David just this afternoon. Uh, David was talking about the long weekend. This is, of course, the um, this of course is the Queen's birthday uh, long weekend. And so I put to David. I said, uh, David, the Queen's birthday. A long weekend. Why do we bother to celebrate the Queen's birthday? It's not even the Queen's birthday this weekend. David, uh, talk to me about the importance of a constitutional monarchy. Uh, this was uh, a very insightful interview. Uh, please enjoy. It is wonderful to have in the studio today with us David DeLima. David is the South Australian State Director of Family Voice Australia. Welcome to you, David. Thank you, Gary. It's great to be broadcasting with you again. It is really tremendous to have you have you with us. You are a real blessing to our to our ministry here, uh, David. The uh, the Queen's birthday long weekend is coming up here in South Australia. Yes, is that significant? You shared with me that it actually has. 
some Christian connection. Yes. yes what absolutely. are those connections? Uh, well, all the monarchs in what we call the Westminster tradition are crowned in a distinctively Christian ceremony. So that's at Westminster Abbey and the coronation. In fact, it was just the anniversary of this week on Tuesday, the anniversary of the coronation. And we've got the Queen's birthday on Monday, honouring uh, whoever the monarch is, regardless of when their natural birthday mm-hmm. is. The Queen's natural birthday is in April. Mm-hmm. But we honour the birthday, in fact, of King George III uh, every June. That's where the date comes from. But the Christian connection is very strong because the coronation is a Christian ceremony. Open that out a little bit more. And who is the Queen actually by, crowned by? The Archbishop of Canterbury. Okay. But the senior bishops are there, and also the moderator of the Church of Scotland. Uh, fascinatingly, Gary, when Queen Elizabeth goes north of the border, she stops being an Anglican and she starts being a Presbyterian. So while she's the head of the Anglican Church in England, she's also the head of the Church of Scotland, uh, and so she takes on the Presbyterian mantle, shall we say, when she goes north of the border. David, that is absolutely remarkable. I certainly knew that the Queen was head of the Church of England, but I never realised that she was also head of the Church of Scotland. Scotland. That's it. And so for that reason, the moderator of the Church of Scotland, he's like the president of the churches there, he is the one who presents to the Queen a copy of Holy Scripture at the coronation. And and he says, uh, receive this book, the most valuable thing that this world affords. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. And so the ceremony is entirely Christian. The Queen is anointed with sacred oil. She's prayed for, hands are laid upon her. The scriptures are presented. Christian songs are sung. Uh, You couldn't get a more Christian event. It's worth Googling and looking up if any of the listeners would like more detail on the coronation. It's actually been a long time since any of us have actually seen a coronation. (laughs) Well, it's certainly before my youthful lifetime. I'm not sure about yours. But the coronation was in 1953. So it's a long time time ago and most people have no understanding of it except it sort of turns up in popular culture uh, from from time to time the the holy hand grenade of antioch in monty python for example (laughs) is that comes from the coronation okay because because the queen holds an orb on which is the cross and it looks a bit like a world war one hand grenade so Uh so it's slipped into pop popular culture that way but we we really do need to brush up on our knowledge of the coronation so really in the Queen's birthday weekend, we're really celebrating the constitutional monarchy, basically, uh, a civic system which is headed by a sovereign who takes Christian promises to govern lawfully, justly and mercifully. And the whole system is headed by her, uh, our judges, justices of the peace, our police officers, our military people, they all promise to serve the Queen. They promised her allegiance and to her heirs and successors. So if you're going to promise to be allegiant to someone, you need to know what they stand for, and so you need to know what the coronation is about. Okay, so at the present time, we've actually got a system that is being established under a Crispin, a Christian auspices. Exactly, and it's been that case for a thousand years. Yeah, yeah. It's a wonderful yeah. heritage. What are the implications of that, David, for good government? Yes, 
It means that we must have neutrality at the apex of the civic system. So compare our situation to that in America. Mm-hmm. With all due respect to President Trump, you either love him or you hate him. And, and you know, half America <laughs> loves him and half of America hates him. So he's a divisive figure. He's the yeah. head of state and he is a political creature. Mm. He's got a political agenda. Yeah. He, he's seeking re-election soon. Yeah. All of that. Whereas uh, in our civic system, we have uh, a, a monarch who's there in a hereditary manner and who appoints her representatives, which is the governor general nationally and for each state the governor, who operate as would she, that is with neutrality. So the the vast regal representatives and the Queen herself, they have no political ambition, mm-hmm. but only an ambition for due process, like mm-hmm. the umpire uh, on the football field. So it's very wonderful to have that reserve power at the head of our civic system, which is suffused by Christian concepts of grace and servant leadership. Uh, the Queen is not belligerent. The governors mm-hmm. are not belligerent. Whereas, with all due respect to Donald Trump, is very belligerent. Indeed, indeed. And that's what comes with politics. Politics, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, tell me something. How would you respond to some then that might suggest that the Whitlam dismissal uh, was not a good thing because the dismissal occurred by somebody who wasn't elected? Well, that's the whole point. The uh, the umpire at the time, Sir John Kerr, he took a decision based on procedure because the Whitlam government was attempting to govern without supply, that is, to govern illegally. It didn't have the money to run the country because the parliament was in a a state of crisis. Mm -hmm. He immediately referred the matter to the people, and the people backed up his judgment hugely by giving a thumping majority to Malcolm Fraser. So uh, the, the people were really the umpire in that situation. But the... Governor-General has a constitutional role to make sure that government is working Mm. and government was collapsing. That's a, that's a very powerful and, and significant point that you do actually make there, David, because it's so important to have that neutrality mm-hmm. at the top, isn't it? You yes. know, I mean, because what we, it's so easy to politicise almost anything mm-hmm. once it goes into a systemic form. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So uh, when we break the rules, uh, chaos erupts. So we have to have someone who makes sure that we follow the rules. It's mm. as simple as that. Mm. Yeah. And, and in many ways, uh, the courts also work in that particular role as the independent umpire as well. Correct. And once again, we can contrast the US system where many judges are elected. Mm. Can you imagine a judge going out and saying, vote for me, this is what I'm going to do, this is my agenda, this is my politics? Uh, and remarkably, in the dying years of the Obama administration, they could not fill a vacancy in the Supreme Court, which is the highest court of the land, because the President and the Congress were arguing over who should be appointed. That yeah. couldn't happen in yeah. Australia. Yeah. You certainly uh, understand that the beauty of the Westminster system, don't you? I do, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a beautiful word, Westminster. It's always got the word monastery tucked in there, you know, a, pla- a place of Christian community yeah. where yeah. people would be set aside for prayer, worship, study of scripture, etc. Mm. So uh, Westminster Abbey is the minster in the West. And St. Paul's Cathedral is the minster in the east. Mm-hmm. So lovely Christian thoughts even in the naming of those two mm-hmm. great centres. David, thank you so much for sharing that with us. I really hope you have a wonderful uh, long weekend uh, celebrating the Queen's birthday. Thank you, Gary. Blessings on you.
That was David uh, DeLima. David was with me earlier uh, this afternoon. Uh, David was uh, was uh, talking about the significance of the uh, constitutional monarchy on this, the um, uh, long weekend uh, that celebrates the Queen's birthday. Len, tell me something. Do you think we've lost something by not having an understanding of history and parliamentary process at all? What are you, what's your thinking? Well, I guess we lose lots of things if we don't understand history because history is basically stating what people have learned and done over the years. And when they make mistakes, if we don't learn from that, well, we've made a mistake. Mm. Um, There is a statement that says the only thing that history teaches is that we learn nothing (laughs) from history. (laughs) uh, That's very true, (laughs) I really enjoyed what David had to say, and here in Australia we still have a constitutional monarchy, Mm. although there were um, measures taken to try to change that so that Australia would be a republic. Yeah. But I thought there's a beautiful thing in the constitutional monarchy and in the coronation of the head of the monarchy, and that's a Christian ceremony. In a roundabout way, a constitutional monarchy is a recognition of Christianity. Mm. Now, to come back about learning from history, I think we should. We see what's happening in the US at the moment, and I've had the feeling that there's been an underlying uh, distrust or an underlying Factor why people should go on the rampage in support of this. There's an underlying distrust of the political system, isn't there? I think so. I think there's probably more than that. And I was comparing, I've been to the United States quite a few times. Yeah. And I've enjoyed it. Mm. But the more I hear about what's going on over there, the more glad I am to live in this country. Mm, I agree totally. You know, as I as I look around the world, many places of the world, I I, I rejoice. Uh, I feel richly blessed to be able to live in in this part of the the world. And I feel very much the same. Mm. Um, we've also seen what happens in countries where a leader becomes a despot, and the people are oppressed. Mm. Really. What should happen? Leaders are there to serve the people, not the people to serve the leaders. And I think in the Westminster system under which we live is probably the best and fairest way of governing. That is actually a Christian principle on its own. You know, the leader is there to serve. That is actually a principle that comes right out of Christianity. Yes, And I'm glad there's this Christian element to our government. I just wanted to say this. There's an old saying that says, power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm. And and that is so true, and we've seen it demonstrated in so many different places, haven't we? Oh, yes, very much so. And and uh, people, when they think that the people are to serve them, make the mistake. Our leaders are really our servants. Mm, mm. 
Len, thank you so much for that. I, I really appreciate what you've actually shared. Let's come to some music. This is Heritage and No More Night.
gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. That's a fantastic little book. If uh, if you'd love to hear uh, and uh, and get a book, you can get that uh, that book also on audio uh, verse. It is well worth uh, picking up and having a, having a look a look at. Um, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Len, and Len, uh, you may have heard him presenting on Faith FM, Give Me the Bible, a fantastic little show. Our theme for this week is the passing of death, and today we're asking, how does a person prepare for death you know it's a really big question so often we speak of wills and property enduring powers all those sorts of sorts of things but is there more to it uh len share with us is there more to it well there is and i'm going to share some things i recognize that this program is a drive program so those who are driving won't be very easy for you to write down what I'm going to share with you today. Those of you who are not driving and who are listening to this program, it's a little different for you. But they can re-listen to it on the app. If they download the Faith FM Australia app, they can push the button, reload it, and then they'll have it there uh, on their pod. That's right. And if you want to listen to it on your computer, you just type in Faith FM Australia and the You'll get a site that comes up, and then you can click on Schedule or Podcasts. Podcasts is what you need. And then uh, click on the symbol, the picture below, Drive Time, and you'll be able to hear this program. And if you wish to take notes, uh, you can. Well, there are two types of death, and one type is probably very significant on this long weekend. Because it's not very often we have a long weekend when somebody hasn't died suddenly. Mm. My advice to you, uh, if you're out driving, is drive carefully. Don't take any unnecessary risk because it's better to be late than to be dead on time. Mm. So that's the first type of death, a sudden death. It's probably something that you don't wish to think about too much. And then there's another type of death where somebody is deteriorating mentally or physically. In that case, you can prepare for death more thoroughly than if you die accidentally. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the first things you need to do is to make a will. Mm Mm-hmm. In that will, you need to nominate who will be your executor and you need to say where your property and assets will go, if it's to your children or a charity or whatever. You've got to say it. Where do you actually make a will, Len? All right. Well, you can make a will with a lawyer. You can 
by a will form at a newsagent. Mm-hmm. You need to get it uh, signed by somebody in authority. Each page has to be signed and dated. And uh, you could see a JP, and there are often JPs serving in public libraries. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some cases, churches, for example, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, has somebody who's especially in charge mm-hmm. of helping people make wills. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know anybody, then um, make your own. But make sure it's signed and witnessed. And when you've made the will, advise your executor where the will can be found. Now, there have been plenty of people who've died without making a will, and then a public, the public trustee has to take charge of that. So it's a good idea to make a will, advise the executor where it's to be found, and put in there what is your will, how you wish to dispose of your assets. Well, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Important. If you are deteriorating, like many people are, we have people who are getting Alzheimer's and dementia, Other people are dying of physical problems, heart disease, cancer, a whole lot of things. Mm. As you get older, this is one of those things that you start to realise, isn't it? You start to go to an inordinate number of funerals, I've I've discovered, (laughs) uh, many of whom are your contemporaries. At that point, you start to uh, have your thoughts concentrated a little bit more than when you were younger. Yes, uh, it becomes a problem too because your friends keep dropping off your perch Mm. and you find yourself without any friends after a while. But it's a good idea if you are sickly or mentally challenged to have somebody while you are still alive as your guardian who can make day-to-day decisions for you. I know of a lady currently who's in a nursing home, her sister is her guardian mm. and she buys her clothes, she does, gets the medicine, all those little day-to-day things. And the guardian has a legal responsibility mm. while they are a guardian. Now, that's uh, two things, making a will, appointing a guardian. Very important. And then there's something called a living will. Mm -hmm. Now, that's quite different than a normal will. And that's uh, what would happen to your body if and when you die. For example, if you're sick in hospital and there's not much chance of you recovering, it's a good idea to make it known what you want to do. Should the doctors try to resuscitate you if you have really mm. uh, gone down or what other medical treatment you would like? Some people say, look, if, it's, um, if I'm a, a basket case, as the term is, don't try to revive me. Mm. Just let me die naturally. I'd prefer that. And you may wish to donate your body organs. Mm. 
there are people who are depending on hearts and lungs and uh, I don't know if they do too many lung transplants, plants, but kidneys and liver. This is something you can actually put on your licence, isn't it? So that if you're actually yes. involved in a, a motor vehicle accident and it does, um, it does take you out, uh, you, you are able to specify that, hey, I am happy to assist others in this way. Yes, mm. and which is very nice. Some people don't like the idea of doing that. They figure that they would like to die intact and stay intact <laughs> for as long as they, uh, they can. Not that they'll know too much about it. Now, another very important thing is to have the pa- somebody with the power of attorney. Mm. I have been in such a situation. I've had the power of attorney. My mother died just before she was 101. And any really important decisions any legal decisions, that kind of thing, the power of attorney can take charge. Mm-hmm. Of course, when you appoint a, power, a person as with the power of attorney, you have to get the form and fill it in, have it witnessed, a bit like a will, and approved by whoever is the person who may be deceasing before too long. And you need to have somebody who's really trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. get a really old person because they might die before you. That's a problem. <laughs> All right. Well, now, most of us have some money and assets. We need to uh, advise what should be done with our debts, if we have any. Our investments, Mm. all this should be uh, nominated in the will. Um, Our bank details, some people have more than one bank account. I have several. That all those bank accounts be known to whoever's going to be your executor Mm. and your life insurance Mm. policies and that kind of thing. Mm. It's very important. One gentleman I knew was dying of cancer. He had a melanoma that went into his body rather than showed on the surface. And he took the pressure off the family by planning his funeral. This is becoming more common today. Yes. Some people like to prepay their funeral expenses. And you'll sometimes see ads on TV inviting people to take out insurance policies. There are other ways to plan for your uh, funeral. You have to also let some... uh, You can say in this document, which you can prepare yourself, uh, what to do with your body. Do you wish to be buried? Do you wish to be cremated? Do you, left, do, you, do you wish to be left behind the shed or whatever? <laughs> At the funeral service, you uh, can choose the songs or hymns that you would like to be sung in your honour or played in your honour. You can choose the photographs of your life, 
You might have some photographs that you don't particularly like. My wife tears those up. But uh, if you would like those shown, fine. You can write your own obituary. What they should say about you. Takes a lot of pressure off the family. You need to nominate who you would like to speak at your funeral service. And of course, if there's a minister or whoever, person in authority, in authority, who you would like to have take your funeral service. Mm. I'm sure Pastor Gary has done one or two of these and has been asked. And uh, sometimes it could be a burden and sometimes it can be an honour. Sometimes, you know, uh, Len, uh, I'm finding that increasingly uh, what is occurring is that people are actually putting uh, more preparation even people who aren't coming from a religious perspective are starting to uh, ensure that they express their uh, their desires to their relatives sometimes in writing sometimes just verbally but saying this is the sort of funeral that um, uh, that that I would like to be involved in I remember uh, even my own mother her, one of her real concerns was she didn't want an expensive casket and uh, uh, that was the one thing that uh, we certainly got out of her messages to us was that I do not want to have an expensive casket and uh, yeah I see she was a very practical person very practical why waste money on an expensive casket that's going to be buried and never seen again that's it that's it another thing that many people forget to do is to Provide information about your digital assets. Now, these days, passwords are very important Mm. to stop hackers and scammers from getting into your digital information on your computer. So you need to provide some of... You need to provide the person who's going to be caring for your death with those digital assets Mm. because there may be very important information which you've got on your computer and never written down on a piece of paper that um, need to be provided. This is actually becoming an increasing issue, actually, and I'm glad you actually brought that particular matter up because uh, I'm conscious that there are many even Facebook-type accounts that um, people are unable to get into and uh, uh, unable to to even adjust, and uh, this sort of information is really important. Yes. If you ever have bought a computer that had belonged to somebody else mm. and if they have a password on it that you don't know, You're up the creek without a paddle. Indeed. Yes. Another thing, before death, there are some personal issues and personal things that are really good to do. Number one is to acknowledge the important people in your life. Let them know they are important to you. Let you you. Let them know you love them or whatever. 
these things, this this one that you're starting to move into now, Len, is is actually really important. And I just affirm you for actually bringing this up because I'm so conscious that many people in their in their preparation for their um, for end of life issues, they're they're very conscious of being able to do the the wills and the you know the practical uh, paperwork as it as it were. Yes. But these issues are really. I believe more important than the paperwork, even. Yes, yes. You can't uh, you can't um, say how much you love a person or like them or remember them when you're gone. It's yeah. better to let yeah. them know when you're alive. Another thing that is good to do is to remember the treasured moments of your life. We all have ups and downs, but it's good. If you've got time before you uh, die, it's take time to remember those beautiful moments that you've had. Perhaps some holidays, perhaps, I don't know what it is. Perhaps you've got some holes in one at golf. I've got ten. <laughs> I, think yeah. you, you I, I was with you when you got one of those, Len. The par three courses are wonderful places, aren't they? <laughs> you were with me when I got the first one. Now, if you've hurt somebody and this is hanging over you, you've never apologised, you've never asked to be forgiven, mm. go to those people, ring them up or whatever it is and tell them that you're really sorry and you wish that it had never happened. Yeah. That's yeah. important. And if somebody has hurt you, forgive them. It's no good dying with a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Len, this is, this is probably, I believe, one of the top two things which people overlook and yet they're probably two of the most important issues to actually deal with. I know as a, as a pastor, um, being involved in end-of-life issues, uh, sitting and counselling with people, one of the real challenges is where there has actually been uh, people in the family who have been at loggerheads together. They've never had opportunity to actually forgive each other. And to me, can I just encourage people... What on your end of life things don't leave it till end of life but to bring together family is is really key uh, if in fact uh, we want to be able to have peaceful death yes another thing that is worthwhile doing is to express your gratitude for the love and care from various people that you've received just tell them, thank you. Mm. Thank you for helping me when I had a hard time or whatever it was. But just tell them you've appreciated what they've done for you. Mm. Mm. And, of course, your friends and family, you tell them how much you love them as well. And then you need to actually have an opportunity or take the opportunity to say goodbye. I heard of a really interesting case where a father, I think it was, was dying and he had three children. To one of the children he said, au revoir. To another one he said, goodbye. To another one he said, au revoir. When asked why he did that, 
And this is what he said. Those to whom I said au revoir, I expect to see again. But the other one who hadn't made Christ the centre of their life, it was to be goodbye, never Mm -hmm. to be seen again. Well now, there is something else that you need to think about. What is your position, your relationship with God? Mm. After all, God is the universal judge. Whether you will be given eternal life or whether you will have eternal death will depend on you because God is always willing. Mm. And I am strongly recommending that if you've left God out of your life, it's a pity you've left it until the last, but have God in your life. Mm. Mm. And don't forget to pray. Mm. You know, Lynn, that one is actually so very important. I know just a, a matter of uh, um, a, a very little while ago, I actually had a, um, a, a friend, and I, I, I went to, uh, to to visit uh, to visit them. They were they were dying, and uh, in fact, they died the same day that I, I did visit them. And one of the things they had been what I call playing with Christianity for a long time. It was sort of, yes, I'd like to, but no, I'm not sure I will. Yes, I will. No, I won't. They'd been playing with Christianity for a long time. And, uh, I, I said to, uh, to, to that man, I said to him, um, have you ever considered actually giving your life to Jesus Christ? And, uh, he actually gave his life to Jesus Christ there and then. You don't get much later than that. But, you know, I'm so conscious that what you're saying there is, is heart and core of the whole Christian message. Yes, it is. We have a couple of points to go yet, Gary. Please. One is to prepare yourself mentally. Mm. If you ask yourself, what do I fear about death? Now, I don't really want to die, but I don't fear death because I feel that I'm right with God and my life is in his hands. But many people fear death because they will die. Full stop. That's the end of their existence. Others fear death because they think about their loved ones, the people they will leave behind. If you are in a situation where you are slowly dying, or you've got time to adjust yourself to the situation, you need to think, you need to prepare yourself. All right, I'm dying. I don't want to die. Why do I not want to die? But you need to set yourself to so that you are released from the burdens and troubles that you have had to carry. Another thing you need to do is accept it. You know the old saying, there are two things, certainties to everybody, death and taxes. Mm. Others would say death, taxes and change. Mm. It happens to everyone. Mm. So you need to accept that it will happen one day. And then there's the last one I have to share with you, and I'll go through these again if there's time. Enjoy life now. 
Well, you've got it. <laughs> you've heard about the bucket list? Mm. Yes. Well, if there are things you want to do, do them. Bucket lists are wonderful things. <laughs> do you have one? Uh, I, I do, but I'm not sure that too many things are getting crossed <laughs> off it right now. <laughs> Yes, well, somebody, have, some people have said to me that oh, you're too old, too old to do this or that. I don't agree with that. I like to enjoy my life, yeah, not frivolously, but there are things I enjoy doing, and so I still do them, and I think you should too. Mm, indeed, indeed. So I'll just run through this again. Let's come to some music first, Len. All right. And then we'll, we'll come back and, uh, and bring it all, all together. Let's come to, uh, this is, uh, a song we have heard and marching to Zion. This is by 3ABN, uh, music. <laughs>
Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is uh, Len. Uh, you may have heard Len on Faith FM presenting Give Me the Bible. Our theme for this week has been the passing of death and today Len's been talking about how does a person prepare for death. Len, bring it all together for us. Okay, so in case you're driving, you go online, Faith FM Australia Listen. Go to podcasts and uh, pick up the drive time program and you can make these points. There are 12 points. First is make a will. Secondly, appoint a guardianship person who will care for your day-to-day issues. You need also, this is point number three, make a living will. In other words, what to do in the case of you um, requiring resuscitation. You can give your will there, uh, what you would like to be done. And you can also um, donate your body organs and you can say what you would like to do with those. You also need to point, uh, appoint rather, a power of attorney. That's point number four. Number five, you need to let somebody know, usually your executor, know about your money and assets, about your life insurance, bank account details, investments and or debts. Point number six is you need to plan for your funeral. Maybe prepay your funeral expenses or maybe have some money in the bank set aside where funeral expenses can be paid. What to do with your body? The songs or hymns at your funeral service. The photos that you would like to be seen. Your obituary and who you would like to speak at your funeral service. With regards to your obituary, or obituary as some people like to pronounce it, why not write your own? That's point number seven. Point number eight, bequeath your digital assets, your passwords and things like that, to somebody who you can trust, it would probably be your executor, that they can access your files if they need to. If there are files on there that you regard as personal, you can delete them or put them in another file, the secret file. And then there are some personal things you need to do, and I'm going to lump these together. This is point number nine is to acknowledge the important people in your life, to remember the treasured moments of your life, to apologise to those you love if you've hurt them, forgive those who love you if they have hurt you, express your gratitude for all the love and care you've received, tell your friends and family how much you love them, and also Take a moment to say goodbye to these people. Point number 10, make spiritual preparation. Now, some people live in a relationship with God. I guess they're making that spiritual preparation all the time. But if you haven't, well, it's time you did. Make mental preparation. You've got to consider 
what you fear about death and you need to accept the fact that death is going to come one day or another. And the last point, point number 12, is enjoy your life now. Mm-hmm. And if you're driving today and this long weekend, be careful or it might come sooner than you expected. Very good advice there, Len. Let's, uh, let's bow our heads together in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we, we come to you now. Lord, we want to say thank you for the way that you, you do lead in, uh, in a person's life. Lord, we're really conscious, however, that uh, uh, life is, uh, is short. And Lord, there are things which sometimes sneak up on us. Lord, I just want to pray right now that you'd be uh, with all of our listeners. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you might might bless them. Be with them this long weekend. Be with them as they drive. Uh, Lord, be with them as they holiday. Be with them as they spend time with their family. But Lord, I pray also that as each of them holidays and enjoys themselves, that they might also spare a a thought for the future. Lord, that indeed... Their future will be assured and well-planned. Lord, if there's anybody that has never accepted you and that right now they would like to accept you, you can, you, you understand their particular position. Lord, I just pray that you might accept that person. I pray that you might forgive them of anything which they're struggling with. Lord, if there are relationships there that have been fractured as a result of family conflict, Lord, I just pray that you'd give those each person the wisdom to understand how to best reconcile uh, so that indeed uh, you might be able to bless. Lord, we, we give you our, our lives once again and ask that you might direct in all things. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it does look like, like our time is up for today. Thank you for joining Pastor Gary and Len on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us next week when we look at the subject of hell and ask, how good was God when he created hell? We really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. Please enjoy Christian Bardell. Find us faithful. We're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road. And those who've gone before us line the way. Cheering on the faithful. Encouraging the weary Their lives a stirring testament To God's sustaining grace Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses Let us run the race not only for the prize But as those who've gone Let us leave to those behind us The heritage of faithfulness Passed on